Eagles fans. They It was forty to seventeen. Yeah, I I stopped watching around the uh second fumble. But that's why. No, <laughs> listen, regardless of how they're playing, D, we gotta see this thing through. Seriously. Well, we gotta take a L with our team. Right. Right. We got to feel their pain because, see, if we feel their pain, then they're going to feel our pain. This, and prayerfully, that will have them playing a little bit better. This is very true. So, I didn't completely stop watching. I just stopped consistently watching. I went back and forth, back and forth. There were some basketball games on, too. So, what I went back and forth. What was the problem with the Eagles game yesterday? The Eagles yesterday, they had no sense of urgency. And they weren't out there like, we going to beat y'all. I don't care what y'all do, whatever. That's the kind of attitude that they really need to have at this moment. I mean, considering everything that's going on in their division, which is pretty bad. But at this point on, from yesterday's game and the next two, they pretty much control their own destiny. So do you think that basically this season the momentum is gone? And do you think we can get it back? I think it was going last night. And I believe they can get it back because now – as people were saying throughout the season, these last two games are going to mean every bit of what they're worth. So they're two division the games, two games on out. the road. If they lose, lose these two, game, two games, they're out. The most important game is going to be that Giants game at the end of the season. Oh, we got that. That, that could be we the one that. that sends them into the playoffs and win the division. I think they can do it. Like I said, I'm not completely giving up. I think they can do it. I think they were just outmatched last night. It, it was just... A I think team. Chip needs to call in a citizen coach and, and let one of the fans come in and get these boys. At least at least let them shape. come to practice. Yeah. If you don't, you can't put them on the sideline, at least let them get into practice and, and okay. see what they say yeah. and see what you can do with it. Right. So I'm going to run through these scores. We had a Thursday night game to kick off week 15. Tampa Bay plays St. Louis. St. Louis wins that 20, excuse me, 31 to 23. Moving on to Sunday. The Jets beat the Cowboys 19-16. Yes. Yes, indeed. Cowboys season is over. They are done. Coffins closed. They're in the ground. The dirt is on top. It's over. You know what? I shouldn't have said that Baby Daddy is a Cowboys fan. So what? And Christmas hasn't come yet. Um, Well, real is real. True is true. Those darn Cowboys, I think that they could have won. But. Don't. Boy, I'm pitching for Christmas. Oh, Oh, my bad. (laughs) I'm going to shut up now. Listen. The Cowboys. Have a chance. They can do it. They just got to stick together. They got to stay together. Okay. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Great job, matter of fact. Great job. The Vikings, a way to lose. <laughs> the Vikings played the Bears. The Vikings beat them very well. 38-17, yes. Like it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Atlanta played Jacksonville. The Hawks take that. Oh, I'm sorry, not the Hawks. I'm thinking basketball. Falcons take that 23 17. So it's the Atlanta Falcons? Yes. I'm learning. Yes. The See Hope, I'm holding you down. Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts play. The Houston Texans take that 16 10. Shout out to Jalen Strong, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans from Philadelphia. I happen to be a high school classmate of his mother, so kudos to you, Miss Strong. And he made. A couple, a very few key plays. Uh-huh. So he's making a name for himself. So kudos to him. That's Jalen Strong, number 11, Houston Texans. Check him out, Philly. Got to support Philly. 
Carolina. Maybe he needs to come and get on the Eagles. We we need to work on that. We need to work on that. Mm-hmm. So, Mom, if you listening, you need to call Chip. Tell Chip to call us. We can sit down and get that Make together. Him an offer that he can't we we can get that together. Carolina and the Giants played. Carolinas. Cam, Cam did his thing again. 38-35. my boy. Bump body down there. Councilman in South Carolina, baby. You already know Panthers season, baby. Right on, right on. Now, I, I see that Carolina is still undefeated. Undefeated. So, I'm waiting for our friend, Mr. Carolina, to call in. We haven't talked to you in a while. I'll tell you what. So, we're going to get you in here. We're going to get you the call so we can talk about your Carolina Panthers, okay? Yeah. Tennessee and New England played. New England, of course, wins that 33-16. Buffalo and Washington. The Redskins take that 35-25. The Chiefs and the Ravens take uh, the Chiefs take that 34-14. Cleveland and Seattle. Seattle wins 30-13. Green Bay beats Oakland 30-20. Pittsburgh beats Denver. 34-27. The Chargers get a win somehow, some way. They beat Miami 30-14. The Bengals are still on the winning track, still looking pretty good. They beat the 49ers 24-14. And again, the recap from the Sunday night game, the Arizona Cardinals beat up on our Eagles 40-17. You didn't have to repeat that again. But I had to keep the people informed. That, that was informative purposes only, just to keep the people informed. Uh, NBA scores. I'm not going to go through all of these scores because they're real short. They're real brief. And I want to get to talking to my guest. So I will give one score since I do have my guest in the building. Hold on. We have a phone call coming in. Who could this be? Good morning. Heat 100. Station name caller. Where are you calling from? Hey. My man, <laughs> what's going on? Man, it's hot in the Carolinas right about now. You, you, did you forget about us? Did you forget about us? Look, let's start there first. Did you forget about us? No, no, I haven't forgot about you guys, man. You it's sure? Been, but so fast, face down here, trying to keep up with everything, but it's all good. Okay, good, good. Well, I want to say congratulations. You guys are having a great season down there. Great season. I I like what Cam is doing. Um, my wife and co-host is somewhat in love with Cam. So she's happy. And I'm happy for you. It, it's been a while since we've seen an African-American quarterback be as successful as Cam is right now. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to say that. And... I wish you guys the rest, best of luck the rest of the way. Man, I appreciate it. And it's funny you say that you want to be in love with camera. I'm going to watch it. She thinks she'll go. I didn't know what that was about, but hey, between <laughs> her and him, she can pull it off. Right on, right on. <laughs> hey, listen, you play the background and reap the benefits. That's all. That's what we'll do. Oh, yeah. Me well, and you can reap the benefits together. We can, we can send <laughs> both of them at him, and we'll just sit back and, you know, Enjoy. Well, I'll tell you guys what. Hey, Bump. This is Simply Monica. I'm in the building. What's up, Mo? I'm good. You guys, just to uh, bring you up to speed, this is Councilman Bump Roddy um, on the phone from Rock Hill, South Carolina, man. Definitely somebody who supports Heat 100 Radio as we uh, definitely support 
everything that he does, and definitely uh, we are supporting the the uh, Panthers as well. Bump also dibble and dabbles in football. So Bump, it was high school football or college football? <laughs> and now he's a councilman down there. So uh, congratulations to you uh, as well, Paul. Man, I want to say happy holidays to everyone. Um, at Heat 100, y'all definitely keeping it hot. We're trying to do our thing down here in Carolina, and we definitely appreciate the love you guys show uh, show the Carolinas. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, friend of the show, friend of the family. I love it. Right on, right on. So now what you got to do is you got to invite us down to the Super Bowl party. Man, it's going to be crazy if we make that Super Bowl run. Man, I'm going to go 19-0. Hey, listen, it'll be a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. And, and that's the way you want to do it. You know, we were supposed to that 16-0. I got the fam. We headed down to Atlanta next weekend after Christmas. Um was done different this season than any other season in Panthers history? I just want to add two things real quick. I am surprised and amazed at the maturity of Cam from his early seasons. And I'm going to repeat this again, what I always said about Carolina from the beginning of the season. They're very scary because their quarterback is 6'4", 240-something. In some instances, he's bigger than some linebackers. And they run that read option. Well, they can run the read option. But right now, they're beating people with old-school smash-mouth football. They're beating you up on offense. They're beating you up on defense. And when I say they're scary, I mean the flip side of that is they can easily go into that read option. And it's even more scary with a quarterback of Cam's caliber and size. Crunch time, you 
Yeah, it's a big difference. I mean, I think they can set the tone on the defensive side of the ball as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I went into the season thinking that the Panthers had to keep the game uh, 20, 24 and under. You know, the Panthers are putting up their averaging basically 30 plus a game now. Mm-hmm. So that in itself puts a lot of pressure on teams' defenses from a scoring standpoint. Definitely. And it puts pressure on, on, on the opposing team's offense because they know in order to beat the Panthers, they've got to score some points. 30 plus points. And, and most teams are not set up to come in and yes, score indeed. 30 points, especially against the Panthers' defense. Yes, indeed. Wow. All right, Bump, thank you so much, as always, you. for supporting us. Um, hope to uh, see some pictures this year from the Christmas parade of you and wife and little Trey as well. So love you guys so much, man. Thanks again. Enjoy the call. Enjoy the conversation. All right. 100. You have a good one. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was Councilman Bump Roddy from Rock Hill, South Carolina, man. I'm telling you, the love and support that we get throughout the world, because we are internet-based, we are international, as you guys see, um, that was some great conversation right there. Yes, it was. It was. I, I really enjoyed that. I always enjoy talking to other fans. I wonder, where's our North Carolina friend at? Maybe he'll call in this morning Maybe. As well. Maybe. <laughs> I, I hope he calls in. So, I want to take a quick break, a few minutes, get my thoughts together. And come back with Get NBA? myself together. We're going to come back with a little bit of NBA. As a matter of fact, I'll give those scores. And that's a good segue into our next segment with my guest. He's here. He's waiting. You'll know who he is after the break. Heat 100, Sports Rat. I'm D. Simply Monica's in the building. See you in a few. Here's some Post Malone. I am going to do what I do. And today, joining me, I have a well-established journalist and consultant to mainstream media with the crossover of sports or crossover between sports and sneaker culture a writer for slam magazine he has also been published in hoop magazine vibe complex bounce peace mag from canada acclaim a publication out of australia his column kicking it can be read in hoop mag all the time He also works with Nike and consults advertising firms. He's also been featured on BET Style, MTV One Night Only, MTV UK, The Style Network, and the MSG Network. A sneaker connoisseur, and he is featured in the Nike film Air Force One, Anatomy of an Urban Legend, which documents his life and his love of the game. Today, welcome... Mr. Anthony Gilbert, and say hello to the people today. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I, again, am very thankful, very appreciative to have you sitting here with me. Uh, People, if you don't know the background, we do have a small background. I met Ant through my uncle. He's a neighbor, former neighbor of my uncle. And we kind of clicked, and he probably didn't know that. But as soon as I found out about the sneaker thing, I was immediately connected. And I don't know if you remember this, but not too long back, I got your number from Skip again, and I called you, and I asked you about a pair of sneaks. (laughs) And this guy told me exactly where to go and get the sneakers. And believe it or not, you know, you can say what you want, whatever. When I said sneaker connoisseur, 
now that I think back to that, it, it, it's true. Because I went there and the sneakers were there. You remember what sneakers those were? I don't remember what sneakers they were, see, but see, I remember the You're making me look bad. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> those sneakers were the Nike Hirachis. Oh, there we go. The yeah. Fab Five yeah. Hirachis. Yeah. So, again, sneaker kind of sore. So, and I want to go through the NBA scores real quick. Sure. And the last score I'm going to give is going to lead into the conversation that I want to have with you. Okay. Okay, last night, the Timberwolves played the Nets. The Timberwolves win that game 100 to 85. The Blazers fall to the Heat, 116-109. High-scoring game between the Pelicans and the Nuggets. The Pelicans take that 130-125. to The Kings beat the Raptors, 104-94. The Atlanta Hawks, yes, the Hawks this time. I'm on the right page, folks. The Hawks beat the Magic, 103-100. to Milwaukee beats uh, Phoenix, 101-95. to And our beloved Sixers fall to the Cavs, 108 to 86. So, what I want to get into is first and foremost that there, the Sixers. I understand they're in the rebuild. Yeah. And it is tough. I mean, I I'm a diehard Sixers fan. You know, like I said, I, I'm not jumping ship. I'm going to ride it out. But and what's your take on? What you see, what direction they could possibly be going in? All right. Well, first of all, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to your uncle, uh, Mr. Skip. He's done a lot for definitely, me. Definitely, definitely. Great example uh, of a man uh, from basketball coach to uh, United States Marine Corps. Um, definitely, really no, no, no doubt. Like, like to me, not to cut you off, man, but you know, not to interject or whatever. But to me, he was an uncle and like a big brother For sure. to me. For sure. You know, so I, I fully understand yeah. everything that you just said there. Yeah, but as far as uh, our beloved Sixers, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so here locally, we say, uh, you know, Sam Hinkey, the general manager, he talks about trusting the process and mm -hmm. what have you. Um, that hasn't gotten us anywhere. You know, we've accumulated a lot of draft picks. Right. And um, a lot of personnel in the front court. Mm-hmm. We traded away Michael Carter-Williams, promising point guard. Right. And uh, now and that was we after, one victory. <laughs> that was after trading away Drew Holiday, who was coming off of an all-star season. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I don't... I thought... A little while back that I had a glimpse of what the process was mm -hmm. and right now I look back and I see that that was a little bit misleading because like you said they, they had one victory and the way that I watch basketball games now is totally different from when I first fell in love with the game yeah. you know I have different angles now you know as a player coach and referee now mm -hmm. so I'm watching a whole lot more than just the average fan and one of the few things that I've seen is that we need a veteran oh, yeah. definitely need a veteran presence in that locker room on the court and also I've seen a lot that they cannot finish games. Like, we're good one for three and a half quarters. Yeah. 
three and a half quarters. We're, we're fine. You know, I mean, there were games that I looked at for three and a half quarters, and I'm like, yo, there's no way they should be in this game with this team. You know, and, and then you get dropped back into reality, and, and it, the bottom falls out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think that – I'm not going to say I don't think the process is working. I think it's in a stall. Can I right. say the process isn't sure. working? Sure, okay. sure. You, you process, can definitely say that. The process yeah. isn't working, everybody. Yeah. You, you can definitely say it. You know, and you know what? I'm going to piggyback, and I'm going to agree with you and say it now. Yeah. It, it's not working. You know, it, So with that being said, do you think that the hiring of Mike D'Antoni and Jerry Colangelo could possibly begin to start this thing turning around? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is you're going to bring in these – basketball minds and, and, and basketball. Which, which were not there before. Yeah, yeah, because Sam Hankey, nothing against him. Right. You know, he's in a great position to mm-hmm. lead this team as a general manager. But you know basketball. I know basketball. You can't run a basketball team based on analytics. Definitely not. And, and numbers. It, it has to be more than that. You know, yes. that may be yes. part of the solution. But there's a whole bigger picture when it comes mm-hmm. to basketball. It's a big picture. And, you know, when you say that, it, it, it kind of throws me for a loop when you was a fan and knowing the game and I as a fan and knowing the game mm-hmm. and a lot of other people similar to me and you, to you and myself see it. And it's like you guys are sitting right there. You're in that locker room. You're at practices every day. You're in the film room. You see film. Or you see films of other teams, and it's like it, it's nothing clicking to you. Or you like, are you watching the, the videos on pause or something <laughs> no, like? No, no, no. They're, they're watching it, but what they haven't told the fans entirely is that's the plan. You know, to continue to lose and to continue to put out poor product mm-hmm. and hope for the best. You know, the idea is to tank, to get really good picks, and to one day turn into the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Indiana Pacers. But that that hasn't happened. Right. Right. You know, some of the picks have backfired. You know, we weren't supposed to get... A lot of the picks have backfired. Yeah, we weren't supposed to get Joel Embiid. He was supposed to go number one. Right. So we would have got Wiggins. The same thing with the Noel tree. Oh, man. Noel, he doesn't get hurt. He's gone. You know? And, I mean, they pulled off that tree... You know, and, and I, I was a little disappointed in that first trade, the Drew Holiday trade, in a basketball frame of mind when you still drafted Michael Carter-Williams in that draft. So my thought process was we have Drew coming off an all-star year. Let's keep him and let him tutor MCW just a little bit or have something there for uh, a spaces of a God, you know, somewhat. But, you know, I, I'm just a fan. I'm on the outside looking in. You know, I, I don't make any decisions. I don't push any buttons. So th- those are just my thoughts. I, I thought that the trade was – I thought it worked out because you actually – you essentially got rid of one point guard for another point guard and, and one that was taller and, and probably could do more things. Mm-hmm. But then to give up on MCW so early, right? 
and then to bring in guys who in my childhood would have never played in the NBA. Exactly. You know, it gets interesting. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, you know, after the fact and seeing what transpired with MCW while he was here, you know, I, I kind of smoothed over. I, I got over the, the Drew Holiday trade. Like, like you said, I saw the reasoning behind it, you know, with the product that was on the court at the time. So I want to deviate a little bit. And, you know, I warned you that I'm going to – I'm probably going to jump around. That's cool. So <laughs> me knowing you. That's it. And I want to get the people listening to get to know you. So, folks, if you're listening, call in. You got questions for me. You got questions for Ant. The number here is 267-368-5328. Okay, Heat 100. So, Ant, let me ask you, what is it like to be alongside, cover, interview, the GOAT, oh. <laughs> and the Mamba? The homie, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know? Uh, yes, sir. He's a great guy, really great guy. Um, just for everybody out there listening, I have a trick up my sleeve uh, when it comes to COVID. <laughs> okay. Good. Hey, 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 that's probably a good thing. Yeah. So there, there's a saying, um, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Okay. I'm going to have to write that down. Oh, I'm going to yeah. have to use that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's real, you know. So I went to college with his oldest sister. Wow. And she's the one that opened my eyes to her younger brother, Kobe Bryant. Interesting. You know, so once upon a time, uh, so she was a star volleyball player at Temple University. Okay. Uh, Temple was always in the Sweet 16 for volleyball, you know, cool. which kind of doesn't make sense, you know. City team, <laughs> you know, in the It, it in does seem kind of weird, right? You know. Yeah, um, that seems very weird. Yeah, yeah it does. we all know the big time schools for volleyball, women's volleyball, is like UCLA. Right, Penn West State. Coast. Upstate Texas, Midwest, you know, yeah. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I got to know her, and you know, I told her I played ball. Of course, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a young guy. I'm like, ah, I play basketball. She's like, well, you can't beat my brother. Right. I'm like, go get your brother. You know how mm -hmm. we do it, right? Yeah. Go get your brother. Of course, where is he at? <laughs> I got my shoes right now. Yeah. So she goes and gets her brother, and you know, he's much bigger than me, <laughs> and he's ready to go. And I'm like. Right. Come on, man. You know, you know she's just playing around. <laughs> and we developed a friendship from there. So. Cool. Cool. That's a, that's a great story. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it's just funny that you say that. Like you said, he comes in and he's much bigger. And I'm sure he, your first thought or one of your first thoughts was probably, it's no way in hell that's her little brother. Yeah. It's no oh, yeah. way. It's no way. I said, she's setting me up. I, I, I can just vision that right now. So that's Kobe. And... and you know, it's a beautiful thing that you say that he's a great person. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the rumors are that he's not so good of a person. Yeah. But I know I watched that game, the Lakers last, the Lakers game here a couple weeks ago, his last game here. And I've always been a Kobe fan. You know, yeah. even even when... And, you know, even when, and I caught, I caught a lot of flack from this, you know, when LeBron came into the league. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back into this after the break. You're listening to Heat 100, Sports Rap. I'm D. Anthony Gilbert. Mm -hmm.
And Simply Monica's in the building also. We'll see you in a few. Love talking about LeBron. Love talking about LeBron. He's a good guy. Yeah, I, I caught a lot of flack from like guys at work when he first came into the league. Yeah, and, and you know, I said to people, I said, you know, I'm looking at basketball and I'm not looking at the quote-unquote entertainment aspect of it. I'm looking at basketball, basketball, background players, both players and lineage. And I said, don't get me wrong, LeBron's good and he's going to be great. I said, but right now, Kobe's already established and Kobe's background is his background. There's not too many other ways to explain it. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, this guy's practicing with NBA players like Steph Curry. And, you know, and then Kobe had the extra of being overseas. So he's very well versed in basketball, you know, and that was my thing in saying, and it was like, yo, like, when LeBron first came in the league, everybody kept saying, you had to pick right now, Kobe or LeBron. Kobe all day. Yeah. And it's like, but, but LeBron, you got to understand. I said, I'm not knocking LeBron. I said, but you asking me right now where they are. And this was like LeBron's first year or two in the league and Kobe. And I'm like, LeBron, I'm Kobe. Kobe. You know, they're like, no, you got to listen, listen. When y'all see the transformation, when y'all see the difference, then you get back to me. A couple guys later on said, ah, I see what you were talking about. I said, you know, it, it, it's not like I was knocking LeBron. Because now I'm a LeBron fan. Now, you know, and I just, I think I think he's like the cam of the NBA. His size, the things that he does on the court are phenomenal. They're just basketball. He's a basketball player. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are having a very, very good conversation. Actually, a very great conversation. I'm trying to pick the brain of Mr. Gilbert, who is an avid basketball fan like myself. So just catching back up, I want to finish up what I was saying before the break. Um, the last game that Kobe was here, and we talked about how people say he's not so much of a good per person, and you know him firsthand, that's pretty much incorrect yes the love and appreciation for him as a basketball player that was showed all throughout and at the end of that game got to me because like we like you mentioned while we were on break you're not going to see this again yeah you know th this is a player that's been playing for a while and you said it, he's a, a somewhat of a throwback player, so you're not going to see this in a while. And what the appreciation, like I said, and the love that the fans showed and his sincerity and his facial expressions, his body language, his mannerism, it, it showed me different, you know, not even knowing the man. And, you know, I never really listened to the rumors. I thought I took them for what they were, rumors. Mm -hmm. But... Seeing that, you know, it, it kind of did something to me, and it showed me a different angle, a different light. So I, I now I can relate and kind of understand to what you're saying when you say that the type of person that he is. So keeping in those stated lines and those lines between those two, what are some similarities between the two, the GOAT and Kobe, as far as interview-wise off the court? 
Well, Mike is, uh, <laughs> Mike's not easy. You know, nothing is easy. I, I can, I can only Jordan. imagine. Yeah, nothing's easy with Michael Jordan. Yeah, you know, I think he's an awesome player. Um, you know, he will answer some tough questions. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he, he's just not as, as open and, and as accessible. Um, but Kobe is. But especially to me, because I, I know Kobe. So. <laughs> Good morning, caller. State your name and where you calling from. You know what it is. It's Big Ant. Big Ant. What up? What's going on, baby? Ain't nothing. What's happening? I'm going. What's going on today? What's up, man? We got Mr. Anthony Gilbert sitting in with me today. Okay. You know, a very well versed journalist and consultant, you know, the Nike man, yes, AXG yes. apparel, things of that nature. You know, we talking some basketball, getting some views on some of the people that he's interviewed. You know, he, he was just talking about MJ and how MJ is, can I say, a bit reserved as far as with the interviews. I can yeah, see that. You yeah, know, he can say that. Yeah, he, he, you know, he mentioned that he will take some tough questions, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to give it my own. But he will, as far as MJ, he will kind of shun you if he doesn't want to answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah, that, that's it. You know, we, we rocking out. You know, we, we doing our thing. Moving, you know, we we got a lot, a lot of conversation. I got plenty more questions for Mister Ant here. Some things I think may surprise him. I think I did surprise him with my intro. I didn't think, I don't think he knew that I knew that much about him. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, it, it's a small world, like you said. It, it, he's a very close friend of the family as well. So you know, I, I appreciate his time being here. Well, I miss being on the show, so I had to call in. We appreciate it, man. We miss you being here. But uh, I got to get back to class, so I'll holler at y'all in a few. All right. Keep schooling, bro. All right, bro. All right. So that was my co-host, who's on a bit of a hiatus. I appreciate the call. Stay in tuned. So, again, and like we said, you know, MJ is a little bit reserved. And you said Kobe's you know, a great person. So I would imagine that Kobe's a little bit more open. Yeah, he, um, especially now, you know, it's the end and mm -hmm. he's been doing a lot of things that he's never done in his career. Uh, he's been speaking to the media hours before the game. He's actually um, going through pregame warm-ups with the team. Um, okay. You know, Kobe normally will work out and play the entire game by himself two hours before the game. Wow. And he'll go through all the plays, he'll he'll work on his jump shot, he'll lift weights, and then he'll go in the back and kind of relax. Mm -hmm. um, but this season he's been out on the court doing pregame warm-ups and he hasn't been doing his normal routine and I think he's just trying to be one of the guys and, and enjoy the right. ride. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a, a wonderful ride as a fan. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine how it was for him. You know, I mean, five championships, a couple gold medals, 
you know, doing what you love, playing the sport that you love to play and taking him to places that he possibly could never have imagined being without the game of basketball. So what's the difference in interviewing WNBA players and NBA players? Well, the biggest difference is the way you approach them in the locker room. Um, You know, NBA players are typically getting dressed as you interview them. Uh, Some of them are in the shower. Um, Someone like Carmelo Anthony, he takes forever. Right, so so in the the locker room, (laughs) you're kind of like all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's a waiting game sometimes. Uh, Whereas in the WNBA, um, you know, you're not privy to that time when they're, you know, showering and, and changing. So you walk in, they, they're still in uniform, and you can actually go and, and speak to whoever you want um, in okay. the allotted time. You know? okay. So if you want to speak to Skylar Diggins, mm-hmm. there's usually a crowd around her, but she's available, you know, and, right. and she's ready to talk. Um, hopefully okay. her team wins because she'll be in a better mood because she's very tenacious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's good to know. So while we're on that, and you mentioned Skylar Diggins, what's it like talking to Maya Moore? Oh, Maya's great. Yeah, Maya's. Right, Maya's she's one of she's one of my favorites. Yeah, she's in the great. WNBA, she's intense. You know, because she's such a a, a competitor, mm-hmm. but she's very endearing. Like she'll she'll answer all your questions. She'll make sure that you have everything you need for your story. Um, cool. And, and she just really loves the game, and she really loves, um, you know, just the camaraderie of, of, of basketball and the shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you were, if you had a free day, okay, <laughs> and you could pick between Kobe and MJ, who would be your first choice to hang out with for that day? I'm hanging out with Kobe. We're probably going to hang see, out. And I, I just messed up because I should have prepped you like I prepped Kyle. Should've yeah. said not say Kobe. Take but Kobe no, it's fine. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. No, that's I'm, fine. I'm, I mean, I, I understand your yeah. answer and that. And and like you said, what you just said about MJ would, you know, I would guess that Kobe would have been the answer to that question. But M- MJ on the business side, I, I would like to pick his brain and, Learn about. I, I can only imagine. Learn about business, but Kobe would be more like hanging out with a family member. We probably would go over mm-hmm. to the Tustin Playground right across the street okay. from Oldbrook High School, shoot around a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, then go over to Larry Steaks mm-hmm. right over on Fifty Fourth Street. You yes, know that's indeed. Kobe's favorite hangout. It's the belly filling, right? <laughs> yes, that'd be good. Right, I, I I could see that happening with with Kobe. Um, your favorite basketball player to interview? Wow. Uh, all right, we're going to take Kobe Bryant out of the equation. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, so favorite basketball player to interview. Um, I recently interviewed Victor Oladipo. Okay. And it was great. He was so happy to answer my questions. Mm-hmm. Um after the game, I, I actually saw him as he was walking toward the team bus, and he said, hey, man, what's going on, man? Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Gave me some dap. Uh, Great. Just, I, I never met him before. 
Right. You know, but he made me feel like we grew up together. Cool. You know, for for those of you listening that don't know, Victor Oladipo is the guard for the Orlando Magic out of Indiana University. Oh, yeah. So, seems like very good person. Okay. Um, Other than basketball, who's your favorite athlete to interview? Other than basketball. Oh, man. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> All the folks down in uh, the Carolinas, you know, I know that's your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam is great. I love uh, watching he, he him seems, play. He, he seems like, like a great person. I mean, I, I love what he does after every touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's like it's like a kid's dream. Yeah, I You know? Yeah. So I think that's a great thing that he does there. So, I also uh, have to say uh, it's a toss-up between three baseball players. We'll okay. start in, uh, we'll go with seniority. Uh, we'll okay. go with Reggie Jackson from Sheltonham, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. No doubt. We'll go with Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. we'll go with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. And then uh, bonus, uh, I got to throw in... Uh, Henry Aaron. Henry Aaron. Wow, you know, so I'm sitting here listening to you, and I thought I knew something, but you've been around the block a few more times than than, than I thought you've been around the block. (laughs) Um, What is it like talking to Derek Jeter? Oh, man. Uh, DJ is great. You know, it's not how many questions you ask with Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. It's which question you ask. You know, and, and I always try to, you know, have a conversation with my subjects. It's not so much an interview, right. you know, and we were able to laugh and, and, and joke and, and, and have a really mm-hmm. good time and, and talk about things as far as like his grandmother with him growing up a Yankee fan and, you know, the lifelong dream of playing and winning in New York. Jude uh, mm-hmm. is great. Cool. Cool. I mean, he, he always seemed like a good person, a good-hearted person to me uh, when I saw him speak to the media and speak, you know, outside of, you know, the um, actual playing field. Yeah. And I kind of want to ask, I read that you cover tennis. Yeah. So I have to ask. <laughs> I have to ask. Serena Williams. Oh, man, she's she's awesome. She's awesome. She, uh, on the court, off the court, you know, she's mm-hmm. unapologetic. You know, she speaks her mind. She's fearless. And she fights for what's right. And okay. she's at the top of her game, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you really have to respect the athlete like that. Um, I look at her in the same ways I would look at uh, Althea Gibson. Okay. Or uh, a Muhammad Ali. You know, mm-hmm. someone that's really at the top of their game, you know, and but also very cognizant of what's going on in the world and, and trying to make it a better place. Right. You know, her and her sister. Right. So my next question would be, in your opinion, do you think she's changed the game of women's tennis? And if so, how? Oh, absolutely. Um so I started watching tennis. I remember watching Steffi Graf in 88. Okay. I remember watching Zena Garrison, early 90s. Um, 
the Williams sisters, especially Serena, mm-hmm. they've turned into a power game, you know, and, and they dominated okay. with power um, for so long, and then the rest of the world had to catch up. So they definitely changed women's tennis. Uh, women's tennis is actually more popular than men's tennis. Right. And it, you know, I think it's a, a true testament to how they approach and how they play the game. Okay, cool. So how, since you, you, you talk about, you write about sneakers, mm-hmm. and you write oh, about yeah. athletes, how do you incorporate the two? Oh, yeah. If, so, if at all. Yeah, so I, I mean, the first thing I saw when you let me in today is you had on a pair of Jordan 2s. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites. Shout out to you for that one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I try. You know, I, I think sneakers is a way that we can really show our affiliation and appreciation for certain athletes, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a very tangible thing. So if you watch Andre Agassi and, and you want the Agassiz that Nike's made, um, you know, that's a, it's a way to show some of your personality and flair, uh, even if you don't appreciate what Agassi has done on, on a tennis court. Uh, right. So, you know, tennis, basketball, football, you know, it's, it's just an extension of the game, and it's a way that you can show your mm-hmm. personality and, and your love for sports. You know? right. So I try to capture those, those human elements and, and the human interest side of sneakers and, and weave them in with, with life and with sports, and so far, so good. Cool. Yeah, so far, so good. It's yeah. correct. <laughs> so let me ask you. Yes, sir. You mentioned the Jordans. Your top three. Top three Jays? Yep. All right, we're going to go with, uh, for me, it would have to be six. Good so choice. From 91. Choice. Then we're going to go probably four mm. in '89, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna go fast forward to uh, Sweet Sixteen, you know, because I actually played in a in a, a rec league for my job right. in the Jordan Sixteens, and for some reason I was it, going it was money. Yeah. It was money, right? <laughs> it, it's got to be the shoes. Right? Yeah, man. It's always. had to be the shoes. So. <laughs> I'm going to come in, and my three are the ones you just spoke about, the ones I currently have on now, the number twos, mm-hmm. the number five. Yeah, that's true. And Space Jams. Oh, man. Hey, and I'm going to throw in a bonus, the number nines. Oh. The classic black and white yeah. nines. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's clean, like, my num the number fives are my all time favorite. If I had to list my all time favorites, they would be number five, number two, Space Jams. Well, nines then Space Jams. Can I ask you a question really quickly? Sure. My my journalism hat it never comes off. Sure. <laughs> sure. You said the fives are your favorites. It's a great shoe. Love love that shoe. Mm-hmm. What were you doing in ninety when that shoe came out? In ninety. I was I was just about I was to go to high school. <laughs> Twenty years old. Yes, sir. I was in college, nice. working, you know, part-time job, but I was, at that time, I was still trying to play basketball like every moment I could, yeah. 
anytime anybody called, yo, we playing ball, we hooping, yeah, I was I was there. You know, if, if I had to catch the bus, you know, if I wasn't driving, if I couldn't get a ride, I found somewhere, some way to play ball. And were you playing in your Jordan 5s? No. <laughs> no. I, and, you know, and my wife, <clears throat> my wife is probably going to kill me for, for saying this, but she, she does it all the time, and I'm used to it now, so I'm just going to say it. I, I keep my sneaker boxes. Yeah. I you know, and, and I mean, I, I don't keep every sneaker box, but all of my J's, I still have the box. Mm-hmm. Every single pair, I still have the box. You know, some of them I have duplicate pairs because, you know, recently they've been doing the um, the different colorways or whatever. Yeah. But I also have a few other pair that are just classic sneakers that I keep in the box. You know, and then I have my regular sneakers, everyday sneakers that are just there, you know, and, and I kind of tell my wife all the time, I say, you know, I, I treat my J's like you treat your shoes, Oh yeah. you know, so then she, she starts to understand a little bit better when I say about her shoes, but being from Philly, yes, sir. okay, being a journalist, being a consultant, what was it like being on set with Spike Lee and Monet Davis? It was definitely uh, by far the culmination of a dream come true. I only went to college because of, of Spike Lee. You know, watching his his films and his commercials, it, it inspired me to go into journalism and go into mm-hmm. TV and film at Temple University. and. To you, you to know, you alone. <laughs> to actually work with him and to help set up shots and and, mm-hmm. and and just be on set for three days. It was just like, I still can't believe it. Right. You know? Now, just, just speaking of that, from what I've seen and heard from Monet herself mm-hmm. and, and her run, which, which was a, a great run, shout out to Monet Davis, her baseball team, Philly, her family, oh, yeah. for keeping her grounded and keeping her focused. How do you think, well, how do you see her and the way and her maturity level at her age? Right. To me, it, it, it's phenomenal. It, it's, it's like almost unbelievable the way that she carries herself. And, and just you know, when we talked before and I knew that you were coming on, I watched the Spike Lee commercial, the video again, and her offset interviews with her family and the way she spoke, the way she talked about her dedication and, and, and things of that nature is mind boggling for someone that age to, I'm going on a limb here, almost be in that superstar well she's in that superstar light but my mean to almost be right there like she's right there in the lights you know i mean she's still monet she's still you know a child still has to go to school and she is somewhat in that light but she carries it so well where it leads me to believe that once she gets there it's just going to be second nature it's like it's not going to phase her at all yeah well I think a lot of people forget that she's 14. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, people call me and they're like, I need to speak to uh, Monet. I want to interview Monet and I want her mm-hmm. to do an, 
appearance, an autograph session, and she's not a professional athlete. And I think right. that she carries herself like one, and she's very mature mm-hmm. at a young age, and, Which, and it's a testament yeah. to her her family and and just to who she mm-hmm. is as a person. Which I think is great. And Monica, you chimed in real quick a little bit when we were speaking about Monet and. and your thoughts on her and, like we say, her maturity level for what she does as an amateur athlete. Well, I definitely think that with, uh, I definitely think with um, all the success that Monet is having this year, um, she had to grow up pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that anyone thought that it was going to be as fast-paced as it is, um, but definitely shout out to all of her supporters and her family who have um, remained to help her stay grounded. Um, what I do see when I see Monet out and about is I still see a kid that mm-hmm. may be just a little bit confused about what's going on because it is all happening so fast. Her right. passion is her, is, is her love of sports um, mm-hmm. and wanting to be great at it and being a good role model and spokesperson for children her age. I don't see Monet as someone who wants to grow up too fast. But unfortunately, with the success that she's having, Mm -hmm. she may not be able to stop it. So I'm hoping that the people that are around her are able to at least allow her to still be a child. Yeah, I think that's the key. Because like you said... When you see her and you see that she still wants to be that 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. And when I watched that video, the way that Spike Lee... And Spike Lee is great for visualizing things and giving you that extra or that third eye, so to speak, the extra visual picture. And, and the way the camera is panning around the room when her family is talking... And when her, you know, when they talk about her coaches and her coaches are talking about her and you look at her, I, I agree with you, Monica, it is just what you said. When you look at her in that light, you see every bit of that 14 year old girl. But it, it, it seems like it's just something that when they start talking about the baseball, the actual sports, then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in it now. That's, that's what I do. I'm in it. And, and, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, I think that's great that she, so to speak, has that switch where I'm still 14. And, and like you said, with people calling me, it was like, I'm 14, and y'all need to know that I'm 14. Right. You know, I I do play baseball. Yeah, I do that. I play basketball. I do that, too. But outside the lines, you know, give, give me a little break. I, I, I'm 14. I, I still want to be, I still want to do the things that the... Normal 14-year-old does, you know. And, you know, like you said, Monica, I I think that she'll be okay. You know, it it would be lovely to, like you said, have the people that are behind her to stay behind her in a positive way. But I I think, you know, just like I said, what I've seen from her and the way she talked and the way she's handled all of this so far, I think think she'll be fine. Definitely. Kids love her. Um, been there with several of her performances and even uh, hats off to her event planning for her birthday party this year. It was crazy. People trying to get on the guest list and uh, people mm-hmm. are just trying to sneak in to the party. Please, again, just 
remember, she's she's a kid. Yes. You know, she's a kid, and she just wants to be a kid and be great as mm-hmm. well. Yep. And enjoy her and, and let her live. Enjoy her in her moments mm-hmm. and let her have her moments. Can we say? We agree oh, on I that? Agree. That's a good thing. We can say. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Aunt, I want to keep talking some more NBA, and, and I want to get your views on the game from the 80s, early, mid-80s, up until now. What are some of the things that you've seen change? What are some of the things you've seen change in the players now? Well, the game as it was, you know, when I was a kid and what it is now, uh, it's night and day, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. apples and oranges. So it's basketball, but it's less physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, the goal Definitely. behind that is so that people love offense. People love high scores. People love three-pointers and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. when you look at it from an entertainment side, the game's faster and, it, it you know, it's more athletic and, and, and high scoring. Um, right. But it's still the same game. They just kind of tweak the rules mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. So um, the game as it was... You know, mm-hmm. a lot more physical. You know, yeah. and and you know, the, they, that's... the hand checking rule is mm-hmm. something that uh, you know. I I actually that's how I learned how to play defense and yes, really, indeed. Um, you know, be physical. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it's different now, and and I understand. You know, right. it's all entertainment. Right, it, it, it's a lot more entertainment. Like you said, I, I like we talked off here. I'm I'm from that eighties. 90s era mm-hmm. so I'm used to the knocking you to the floor like we said you're going to get this layup but you're going to earn it you know you're going to know that you was playing basketball last oh, night yeah. when you go home <laughs> you know like now like you said it, it, the entertainment factor has taken over a lot more than previously I want to ask you Aunt, about the Okafor situation the fight the video and everything yeah. in Boston you know, I I, I want to say my take on it, and, and I tell people this a lot, you know, and, and when, Kyle, when Kyle Sample was here, he gave me a quote from someone, I forget the gentleman's name, but and I forget the exact quote, so I'm going to give it the, the best that I remember. It, it's to the extent of the Okafor situation. He said, a lot of these guys are young, and, and we're now asking them to make responsible adult decisions when just last week they had to ask to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. You know, and, and the other thing I wanted to add before I let you answer is I, I, I said, you know, Okafor, I mean, it, it's a lot of compounding factors in that situation. And, and, you know, some of it was real, some of it was uncalled for, but you have to remember he's just recently turned 20 so at the time he was a 19 year old kid okay he's got more money than he's ever had coming from where he's from he is going to be who he is you know and i say you take the money and everything away he's human first and and, and everyone has a button that when you push that button you know, you just get whatever comes from that button being pushed. And and that was my take on it. I said, he's 19. 
after a certain extent, he's going to react like a 19-year-old will react in that situation. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, when I was 19, I was in college. And mm-hmm. uh, I got into a fight, you know, but I, I wasn't working for a... <laughs> A multi-billion dollar organization. Exactly. Right. So it's like, he has to be smarter than that. His brand is Jaleel Okafor. Mm -hmm. And he represents the NBA and the Philadelphia 76ers. But, you know, I also understand. You know, so he just has to make better decisions. And hopefully he'll learn from this. Because it was a a big lesson to learn. Yeah, it it was. I I think it was. You know, and just piggybacking on that. You know, I, I listened to what Charles Barkley said, and, and and I agreed with a lot of the things that Barkley said, and, and I think Charles Barkley's instances with himself helped him get to the point where he is now. And some of the things he said were similar to what I said that he's human and he's going to get to a point where he's going to, where he's had enough. He also went on to say that the fans are going to be the fans, and sometimes some of the fans will make you want to put your hands on them. He said even some of them deserve to have you put your hands on them. He said, but what he learned over time and experience was that it's going to sound funny and I'm not condoning the violence in any way, but it it kind of makes a good, he kind of makes a, a very legit point. He says, you know, I've learned that I have to let them put their hands on me first. Mm-hmm. I can't just go around smacking people like I really want to, <laughs> you know. And, and, and I mean, I, I think that's true and, and from the heart, from Charles, knowing what I've seen in Charles and, and listening to Charles talk. And speaking to that, I, I, I talk a lot of, to a lot of people, you know, uh, around the city and people I work with, and I always say to them, like, I, I love Charles Barkley when he talks basketball. And I say that nine times out of ten, he's hitting the hammer right on. I mean, he's hitting the nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's your take on Charles as a commentator? So we'll pick that up when we come back. Again, the number is 267-368-5328, Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap with D. Anthony Gilbert. And Simply Monica. We'll be back in a few. I had a great Charlie Barkley story, I will tell you. <laughs> I, I love I love Charles. Like I, I met Charles ironically when the USBL was in existence. And if you know well I'm sure you know how, how far back that was. And I went to a game at Villanova, I think it was at Villanova University in in their gym, a small gym, smaller gym, I think. And during halftime, I was with a couple of my friends. I went with a couple guys from high school, his mom, wherever she worked that guy got just tickets. And we went into the other, you know, like the student part of the gym, the pavilion, like or whatever, and we're shooting around and shooting around. And I just happened the ball rolls over to the corner of the bleachers and I just happened to look up. And I say to myself, like, yo, dude look you look real familiar. Yeah. You know, and then I walk back. And, you know, as I'm walking back, I'm being a typical kid. Like, I'm walking, and I'm thinking, and I keep turning around looking. And like, and then one of the security guards there is like, are you looking at that guy? I was like, yeah, who is that up there? I said, he looks so familiar. 
I said, he kind of looks like, Ch he was like, yeah, that is Charles Barkley. I was like, really? And then I eventually, you know, I, I did the kid thing. I yeah. playing basketball. I made the ball roll that way again. And yeah. I went up there. I got his autograph. He sat and talked to me. And he was literally watching all the kids that were in there play. And, and he said to me one time, he said, you know, next time you go to the basket, he said, keep your body and take that hit first and then lay the ball up. And I'm like, looking at him like, like, dude, like, you was really watching that? Like, for real? Like, you play in the NBA. Like, why are you why are you watching me? And I was like, but I got you, though. Yeah. I'm going to take that with me. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's amazing. Like you said, like, I'm this is just like going back to the story you said about Kobe. It's like, it's amazing how some parts of the media paint a picture that the readers and the listeners are like so bought in not knowing that it's like all that they know because that's all that they hear and it's like kind of like a cancer it's like once you hear the one bad thing it's like all right now okay he did that so let me wait and see what is he gonna do next week what's she gonna do next week you know the, all right, yeah, they winning. All right, fine, fine, they winning. But I got to see what Kobe going to do next week. Because Kobe said something today. And, and I know he going to say something later on. And it's like, what do you, why would you want to see that? Yeah, but I think, I think people miss the point because they get sidetracked with, like, some of this hype, you know, or mm -hmm. some of these quotes that may be taken out of context. Right. You know, people start drawing a line in the sand and choosing sides and it's like, you're missing it, man. Mm -hmm. You're going to be all mad and wound up <coughs> about whatever this supposed thing is. You're not even, like, focusing on what is happening in the game. Right. And how, how you'll never see another player like this ever again. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, people hate watching the Spurs. I love. I love Spurs it. are another team I, I love to watch. You never want to you know, see Tim I, Duncan I, again. I, I, you like, know, I love Tim Duncan. It's funny. It's funny that you say that, because I'm gonna go back when LeBron first went to Miami. I said to people at work, I said they got LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. They're not gonna win it their first year. Everybody says to me, "Dude, you're crazy. Why are they not? They're gonna be there." I'm not denying that they're gonna be there, and I said, "But they're not gonna win it their first year." And then like, well, how do you mean that? I said, "Listen." Wayne Wade was already there, and he's won one already. He was the man. He was the MVP with Shaq when they won it. LeBron's coming from Cleveland. He took Cleveland to the finals by himself. Chris Bosh is coming from being the man in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's only one basketball. What they're going to have to work out is, I said, they're going to have to get some cohesion. And, and I mean, it's going to be, it's going to come down to, I said, one night it's going to be LeBron. One night is going to be Flash. One night is going to be Bosch. But it's up to them how they let it play out. You know, and I said it's not cohesive enough right now for them to win it all. I said they're going to be there, but they're not going to win it all. You know, and it's hard. It's yeah, crazy. I said it's hard. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics did it, but they were vets, man. They were older. Right. right. You know? Um, right, but it's it's just it's extremely difficult, and usually the teams, in a lot of sports, usually the teams that get there and lose get back and win. Mm -hmm. That's why I looked at the Kansas City Royals this year, and I was like, they're gonna win it. Right. 
people are like not a method. And we were talking about Mr. Charles Barkley. And Ant tells me that he has an interesting story about Mr. Barkley. So yeah. let's hear that story. Yeah, so once upon a time, and uh, I want to say either 2003, 2004, I was working for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. And um, Barkley was there, you know. So the reason why I kind of, like, stopped cheering for the Sixers is because they traded Barkley. Okay. <laughs> so when I was a kid, they traded Barkley. And that I was hurt. like, you know what? Yeah, that, that hurt, too. I'm going to be a Knicks fan. Wow, the Knicks though. Yeah, because really? I love I love Oakley, <laughs> Mason, Ewing. You know those those are my. I'm guys. just saying that because I'm from here. That's yeah, all. yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of family in New York. But I I understand. Yeah. So I was like, you traded Barkley, I'm out. Right. Right. But when I heard he was in the building, I was like, man, I was caught between I had a job to do for the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles and that childhood hero of mine. Right. You know, I'm like, man. All right, I got to leave my post for a second. For a second. <laughs> and I found Barkley, and I was able to walk and talk with him. And before he was about to go to get on the elevator, the security guards kind of, like, pushed me out the way. Right. And he said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's the brother? Where's the, where's the young brother I was talking to? He's with me. Okay. I never met Barkley before. Right. And he said that, and I'm like... Man, so he, they opened the elevator, and he's like, come on, man, you with me. And I'm like, cool. whoa. Cool. You know? so, so see, people, a lot of people talk about my boy, and, and I'm a Charles Barkley fan, but Charles is a good dude. Good dude. You know, I, I, I see that, and I hear that now. He, he's a good dude. So, and I'm going to throw some names at you. Okay. And you let me know what you think. Okay. Jalen Brunson. Love him. All right. <laughs> I'll make this really quick. So I used to I should have saved at, that one for last. Yeah, I, well, I used to work <laughs> at Coach Cheney's uh, basketball camp. Okay. And everybody comes back. Mark Macon and Eddie Jones and Rick Brunson, Aaron McKee. Everybody comes back. Lenard Stewart, we all come back, right? Right. Yeah. So Jalen was six years old at the time. And he said, hey, Coach Ann, check it out. Let's play one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So long story short, he's the only six-year-old that I actually had to guard as if they were a wow. man. Yeah, so I, I wow. love Jalen. Wow. That, that, that's, that's an interesting story. That's a great story. Um, Chris Dunn. Oh, man. I hope the Sixers get him. <laughs> I, I mean, the way they're going, they're probably going to have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> probably going to have a good chance. Isaiah Briscoe. Oh, man. Great. Great kid, like he attacks. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a high motor, like really smart, really mm-hmm. smart basketball player. Now, I, I'm a little impartial to this next young man because he was slated to go to my favorite school. He was slated to go to North Carolina, mm. but amidst the small scandal that surfaced, you know, he, he changed and went up the road to Duke. Yeah. as Mr. Brandon Ingram. And, and you know, I I watched him the other day, and you know, like we talked, that was one of those games where technically it was a good game, and I could have watched it, <laughs> but for all intent purposes, because of what I saw from him and the few games I saw of North Carolina, 
that was missing what he was doing, I kind of shied away from it. Yeah. Just, just for that fact. I mean, it, it hurt a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, you're thinking one shade of blue and he's in another shade of blue. And now I got to play him twice. Like, really? Yeah, well, do, do, do I really have to go through this as a fan? It, yeah. it. Carolina got a good win the other day over yes. my UCLA Bruins. Yes, they did. And I was a little scared of that game. I mean, UCLA has two upsets this year. They do. They do. And I love Holiday. I love Parker. But I just, they weren't ready. You know, and they okay. came out kind of flat. You know, it, yeah, I, like I said, I, I was just nervous about that game because the game that North Carolina lost a few weeks before that, that I think they should not have lost, it kind of was still messing with me a little bit. And I'm thinking like, oh, crap, UCLA, they didn't beat two teams already. I don't know. Are, are we going to do it or or what? So uh, two more names. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Scal Labissier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. see? I mean, I, I definitely like him, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've seen some tape, some video on him from overseas international play. Mm-hmm. And with the guys at the time, at his age, in his age bracket, mm-hmm. in a small way, it, it kind of reminded me of the way I said when I saw LeBron playing in high school, in certain instances, it's like, yo, why is this dude playing with y'all? Yeah. Like, for <laughs> real? Like, y'all are y'all really going to let him do this? Or, like, is it that easy, as we say on the court? Like, is it that easy? Um, the next name is my favorite, one that I've mentioned to a lot of people that I've talked to who have now starting, started to grow on this young man. Hmm. You know the name now. It's a lot of speculation that... Baton Rouge. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Mr. Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, I love Ben Simmons. Me uh, too. I just need him to learn how to become a, a complete basketball player. You know, okay. this year is about learning. Right. And, and next year will be about applying. Whether he's in the SEC or the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, next year he has to put it together. But this year right. is all about learning. And, uh, you know, go go Tigers. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's just say, hypothetically speaking, the Sixers end up with Ben Simmons. Do you think that's where, and going on what you just said about him learning to be a complete basketball player, do you think that's where uh, Mike D'Antoni will come into play? Well, as I said, I... Kind of like the Knicks, so I'm not <laughs> too high on Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, he, he did a number on the Knicks. I, I'm sorry to say, but he he did he did do a number on the yeah, Knicks. Yeah, I actually like Brooke him Brown. and Isaiah. Yeah, I, him I and like, Isaiah did yeah, a number yeah. on the Knicks. And Zeke actually. Yeah, did. Zeke Zeke was the the main guy that did it, yeah. but oh, you know man. D'Antoni didn't help any at all. Yeah, but I I actually like Brett Brown and and with Brett Brown's expertise with Australian basketball and. Mm-hmm. You know, having been under you know the Spurs umbrella and, and right. you know and being under Coach Pop, I think he'd be a great teacher. You know, mm-hmm. so hopefully if the Sixers do get him, um, they're gonna have to move somebody though. I think Nerlens, definitely Noel is gonna be out of here now. Now that you say that, and you mentioned that Noel could possibly be 
the piece being moved mm-hmm. in the event that something does work out where they can get Ben Simmons. And if they do, like you said, someone would probably have to be moved. I, I've been hearing rumors that Joel Embiid, if healthy, is slightly better than both of our bigs right now. Slightly better than Okafor. And I mean I can understand he's more he has more offensive has more of more of an offensive skill set than Noel. So I, I give him that easily. But looking at Jalil Okafor and watching him from college and into the pros, and, and you know, I think it's just the fact that we haven't seen MB in the pros. You know, I I have a, a friend at work and we talk all the time, and we both had the same outlook of on MB at college. It was the beginning of the year when he was playing with Andrew Wiggins. It was like, yo, why is this big dude on the court? Like, you know, the typical the typical fan watching basketball, like, yo, why is he out there playing? Like, get a ball to Wiggins and just get out the way. Kind of like, you know, I used to joke about with Kobe, and I say, what's the play? Give it to 24 and get out the way. You know, mm-hmm. give it to 24 and just get out the way. But they say that Embiid could possibly be better than both of them. And I've said all throughout this season and last season that right now with the roster made up the way it is, and I agree with you, if anybody gets moved, it's going to be Noel. Yeah. I mean, uh, Embiid is 7-2. Defensively, he's a great presence. Uh, Mm -hmm. He rebounds well. He blocks shots. He makes people miss a lot of shots. Right. And then offensively, he has a, a great jump shot. Like mm-hmm. I really, I really like what he can possibly be. I think that I think that's like one of the perfect compliments that Okafor would need for him to operate, because you know Okafor does shoot that little fifteen footer every now and then, mm-hmm. but it would bode better for him to have another big that can face up and do the oh, same definitely. thing. You know, and we just got to find some guards now. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I like Kendall Marshall. I like Tony Roten for what he does. I've mentioned to people about T.J. McConnell, and, and and I said that you could keep him around. I like him because you know exactly what you're going to get out right. of him. He's going to come in. He's going to keep the pace. He's going to push the pace. If you have a lead, he's going to work the game and hold that lead the best that he can. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think he could be a solid backup point guard. Like, I like Kendall Marshall, but, you know, it, it, the jury's still out because he has to get healthy. I like Tony Roten for exactly what Tony Roten does, get to the cup and get buckets. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of want to see them, you know, get – I would love to see them get a point guard, again, a bigger point guard like we had in Michael Carter-Williams. But – I would love to see them get a legit point guard that kind of like in the molds of a Rondo, so to speak, where if I'm in the game, I got the ball. I'm running this. You do what we supposed to do. I'm going to take control and do this. And and I think, you know, that that's what Okafor needs. I think that's what Brett Brown needs. Because like you said, you like Brett Brown. I I like the coach too. You know, I, I love Brett Brown. I think he's a good coach. And, you know, a lot of talk has been when he first got here, a lot of people talked and said, well, yo, why did you take that job? And, you know, I I look at it like in reality, in that world, 
in that realm at that level, you get offered a co head coaching job. In a lot of ways, you have to take it right. because you never know if or when that opportunity will come again. And sometimes, you know, you, you got to start at the bottom. They always say, you know, you have to crawl before you walk. And, I mean, it's a painful crawl for him right now. And, you know, I feel for the man as a coach. Me too. But I, I think once he gets some of the pieces that he needs or starts to get some of the pieces that he needs, he, 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 we'll see a difference. You know, I, I think we'll see a difference because I, I could sit here and <laughs> kind of go through the roster and, and just, like, X off people, like, who I think should not be here. But, you know, it is what it is for right now. He has what he has. And he, I think he's doing the best that he can with what he has right now. So we're going to bounce back into some sneaker talk. Okay. And, and I already asked – what was your favorite J? What were your favorite J's? Do you have any other favorite sneakers in general? The Air Just Max 95. Air Max 95. Yes, the original. The originals company. with yes. the removable strap. Yes, sir. <laughs> See? And now, you're the connoisseur. I, I, I'm just a sneaker head, okay? Because you got the ties with Nike and things like that. You work with <laughs> Nike, so you have the connoisseur label. I, I'm just a sneaker head. And speaking of that, what is it like? Working with Nike, uh, it's just I can only imagine. True. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, being out there in Oregon, where it all started, is it's pretty amazing. You know, I always try to tell people, you know, get outside of Philadelphia, see other places, learn right. about, you know, mm -hmm. other people, and it's just a great life experience for me. Especially, you know, buying sneakers on Fifty Second Street. Buying sneakers from Olympia Sports. Oh, Olympia Sports all day, <laughs> you know. And then actually to go and do some work with the company is just like wow. Right. Yeah. You yeah. uh, So and it was great having you here. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I, I appreciate your insight. Yeah, no gifts in this oh man. Your knowledge. <laughs> and I'll come back. I, I real yeah. quick, real quick. Um. <laughs> Since you mentioned that, Monica, I want to mention the line, and then I'll give it to you, Aunt, and you can talk real quick can about it. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that. Okay, Aunt. So it's AXG Apparel. Um, of course, you're following, so you saw the pictures online. And I'll let Aunt let the people know, tell them where they can find you, where they can follow you on social media. Sure, sure. So AXG Apparel, we have t shirts, we have hats. Um, we're about to do some hoodies, and um, the website is axgapparel.com, okay. and you can uh, browse and you can order directly from there. We ship uh, priority mail, and then cool. on all my social networks, it's axgilbert, axgilbert, so Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, you can find me there, and on Facebook, it's Anthony Gilbert. Okay, folks, so... And he's going to give us a little... Uh package and we're going to wrap that off for the new year so Ant will be dropping that off here at the station we don't know what's going to be in that little package but it'll be it's going to be something great mine. and all you guys have to do is um whatever he decides as far as some trivia questions and all that good stuff but you will be able to not only go to his website and purchase these things but we're going to allow one of the listeners to actually win a gift package right here on the sports rap show compliments of Anthony. there we go cool good stuff so again 
ladies and gentlemen. He, like he told you where. He didn't Google simply Monica. He, he did. You think I was just he didn't. Face sitting over here, running <laughs> clickety clack clack clack. I got y'all. <laughs> All right. So, folks, uh, thank you for listening. It's been a great Monday. I look forward to the rest of the week. Everyone have a safe and prosperous holiday. Again, if you missed any of Ant's social media contacts, you can get at me at sportsrap underscore heat 100 on Instagram. Also on Twitter, I'm at sportsrap underscore 100. You Facebook, Dwayne Gaines, or Facebook, sportsrap heat 100. Get at me. I can forward the information to you if you need it, if you missed it. As always, sportsrap heat 100. I'm D. Anthony Gilbert. Simply Monica. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your holidays, folks. Before we got we let you guys go, also let's just give a big happy birthday to Dwayne. Tomorrow's his birthday and he's hey. Thank you, here. thank you. So happy birthday to the big guy. Make sure you guys tune in next Monday, as always, from eleven to one, right here on the award winning heat. Give me plenty of shout outs. Blow my blow my Twitter up. Blow his time. Blow it up. Blow it up. Just go tell a friend, make tell me, a friend to follow Make me, me feel important <laughs> and then listen to the show every Monday, eleven AM to one PM. So make sure you guys are following the big guy. It is sportsrap underscore heat100 on Instagram. Dwayne Gannis on Facebook. Facebook. And on Twitter, Twitter it is sportsrap. At sportsrap underscore 100. So you guys, again, go tell a friend and tell a friend. So make sure you follow this guy so you guys can hear everything that is sports right here every single Monday. He's going to give you the weekend recap and all that good stuff. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the wins and the losses. Here's some TLC sleigh ride, you guys. Get you ready for this Friday is going down. It's Christmas, you guys. <laughs> Christmas time. Keep We're it 100. <laughs>
Hollywood video. Just keep it going because I'm editing. All right, ready, go. All right, you guys, we just wrapped up another edition of Sports Fight with your boy D. Anthony Gilbert this morning with his special co-host sitting in for Big Ant as well. So how was your experience today on Sports Fight Show? Oh, it was great. It was great. I would love to come back anytime. He ain't coming back and his hands continue to be empty. <laughs> it's your girl, Stephanie Monica, Heat100Radio.com, baby. Make sure you check us out every single Monday, 11 to 1. It's the Sports Fight, baby. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. Well, like I said, um, yeah, so I got, um, I've been talking to Scott. Scott's been trying to work on some people for him. And I was going to wait, you know, a little bit later after the holidays and get, get back in touch with you and see, you know, if you had anybody that would be interested that you could send my way. I actually, um, you know, at the fun day we did Saturday, I actually um, got a hold of um, the Sixers Flight Squad manager. And I'm... I'm going to definitely call him when I get in my car on my way to work right now, today, or later on, but I'm definitely going to call him today. And I talked to, actually, I talked to Thomas today, former and he said, you know, I have to, I'm going to call him today or tomorrow, too. But, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, anytime. You got anybody, you got my info, send them my info, send them the page info, the Twitter info, and uh, you can make it happen. You know? Yes, thank you so much for coming through. No, and, and like I said, if, if anybody wants to come, they let me know when they're available, and I can make, I'll make it happen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll work around their schedule. Whenever like I said, I'm trying to get Scott, but Scott is so busy. And it's hard. I probably won't get him until late in the season when I get into So, um, yeah. Monty, you got a sweatshirt for me? No, I'm about to ask you to go pick it up because I was, I'm about to go pick it up for you. So, can you come get it tomorrow? Yep. Before 11? Because I'm not going to be here all day. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'll come in. I'll come to you guys, y'all, when y'all act the fool. All right, go on. We all go walk out together. Uh, y'all in here. It's cutting up tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come in and, uh, Throw this in the kitchen for me. Whoa.